0: at snoozecast.com and if you enjoy our show please share us with a friend if you would like to get an email once a week with upcoming sleep stories and other news subscribe to this newsletter at snoozecast.com this episode is brought to you by the housekeeping of giantesses tonight we'll read an Icelandic fairy tale called "Little Trittle the Birds, and the Peasant Lad, translated and edited by Mrs. A.W. Hall and published in 1897. Like many folk in fairy tales, the exact origins are complicated and sometimes unclear. The more well-known Crimson Fairy book edited by Andrew Lang cites this story as having a Hungarian origin. However, there are at least two earlier publications that are specifically Icelandic compilations that include this story. Let's get cozy. Close your eyes. your body into the softness of your bed. Now, take a few deep breaths. There once reigned a king and a queen the same country there also lived a poor old man and his wife. The king had an only daughter, called Enid, who was greatly beloved by both her father and mother. They spared no expense, and she had the best masters and governesses and a number of servants to wait upon her. But notwithstanding that she was so carefully watched and looked after, she suddenly disappeared. The head governess said she had left her in her room only for a few minutes practicing her harp with two of her maidens in attendance. And when she came back, she found both the girls fast asleep and the princess gone. Inquiries were made of everyone, but nothing could be heard of the princess. No one had seen her. She had vanished in the most mysterious manner. The king, in despair, sent out messengers in all directions and spent a great part of his treasure searching for her but all in vain. Then, at last, he vowed that he would give the princess in marriage to whoever should be fortunate enough to find her, and also give him half of his kingdom. But though many of the knights and nobles about the court, eager to secure so great a prize, went off in search of her, they one and all returned empty handed. Now, the poor old man who lived outside the palace grounds had three sons. Their names were Osmond, Tostig, and Harold. The two eldest boys were greatly beloved by their parents, but Harold, the youngest, and handsomest, was disliked by his father and mother, and both his elder brothers ill-treated him and made him do all the work, while they went out shooting and fishing. When the boys were grown up, Osmond came to his parents and said he would like to start off and see the world and try to win fame and riches for himself. His father and mother were quite willing he should do so, and providing him with a new pair of boots and a large bag of food, he started off on his journey. After he had gone a long, long way, he arrived at a little hillock. There he sat down to rest, And unpacked his bag of provisions. Just as he was beginning to eat, a tiny little man, dressed in grey, came up to him, begging for a morsel of food. Osmond angrily ordered him away, shaking his fist at him. After he had rested. Osmond went on again a long, long way till he came to another hillock. There again he sat down to rest and began to eat. But he had hardly commenced then a little smaller and shabbier little man, dressed in green, came up to him and asked him for a morsel of food. Osmond spoke angrily to him and sent him away with a volley of insults. He then went on again a long, long way till he reached a large open glade in the wood. Here he sat down on the soft, mossy grass at the foot of a big beech tree and thought, he would eat another morsel. But no sooner had he opened his bag and taken out the food than a whole flock of birds flew down beside him. But he angrily chased them away and then, having rested himself, went on his way till he came to a big cave. Looking in and seeing no one, only a lot of cattle. He thought he would go in and wait till the dawn arrived. Just as the sun was setting, an enormously big giantess walked in. Osmond was greatly startled, but taking courage, he went up to her and asked whether he might stay the night there. The giantess said yes, on condition that in the morning he would do the work she would require of him. This he promised he would do, so she allowed him to remain the night she herself retiring into an inner cave. The next morning, the giantess told him that he must clean out the cave and put down fresh bedding for the cattle and that he must have it all finished before the evening, else she would hurl him up into the heavens. With these words, she went away. Osmond took up a prong he saw standing in a corner, but no sooner did he begin to turn up the straw than the prong stuck fast in the bedding. In vain, he pushed and pulled and tried to drag it out, The prong remained firmly fixed, and when in the evening the giantess came home and found that the cave had not been cleaned out, she took hold of Osmond and tossed him up into the clouds. Meanwhile, Tostig, the second son, thought he too would like to go out into the world to seek his fortune for he felt sure his brother, by this time, must be quite a rich man. So he told his parents that he did not care to remain at home now his elder brother was away, and with only that stupid Harold at home. So having gained their consent, he too started off, provided with a pair of new boots and a big bag of provisions. But he was not more fortunate than Osmond had been. He flouted the little men while he rested on the hillocks. He chased the birds who came flocking round him for crumbs. He also received leave from the giantess to remain the night, on condition that he cleaned out the cave next morning. When he went and took up the prong to throw out the old bedding, it stuck fast in the straw, and no efforts of his could move it. So the giantess coming home and finding that he had failed to accomplish his task, took him and hurled him skywards with his brother. So now there was only the youngest son, Harold left though he was the only one at home, the poor lad had often felt that his presence reminded them of their lost sons, and that they regretted not having sent him away in their place. So he also decided to go away. I do not suppose I shall win riches and fame. All I hope is that I may be able to earn enough to support myself and be no longer a burden to you. Then his parents told him he might go, but instead of nice strong new boots, they only gave him an old pair of his brothers, and his sack contained nothing but some hard, dry crusts. But Harold started off with a light heart, and as it chanced he too, took the same road his brothers had done, and presently he came to the first hillock. I think my brothers must have rested here, if they felt as tired as I do, he said, so I will do the same. And seating himself on the hillock, he began to eat one of his dry crusts. When looking up, he saw a little old man in gray standing beside him. Will you share your crust with me? I am very hungry, and I have had no food today, he said. Harold pitied the old man, who looked so feeble and tired. He begged him to sit down beside him and share his meal when they had done the old man got up and after thanking him said my name is Tretol. although i am old and feeble if ever you are in need of help call me and i will come to you so saying he went round the back of the hillock and disappeared. Harold then continued his journey till he came to the second hillock. I feel sure my brothers must have rested here, he said. It is a long way from the last hillock. I too will rest here a while. And he sat down and, opening his bag, took out another crust. Hardly had he done so when a tiny, shabby little old man, dressed in green, came up to him and asked for a morsel of food. Harold very good-naturedly asked him to sit down beside him and shared his crust with him. When they had finished eating, the little green man got up and, after thanking Harold, said, Call me, if ever you think I can do you a service. My name is Little. And he too went away, and was soon out of sight. Harold then continued his journey until he came to the large open glade in the wood. I am sure my brothers must have rested here, he thought. I will do the same. And he sat down and took out another crust. No sooner had he done so than a great flock of birds came down. They circled round and round him and seemed so hungry and fought so eagerly over every crumb he threw them that Harold's heart was filled with pity. Poor little things, he said. They need it more than I do. And he broke up the remaining crusts and threw the crumbs among them. When they had eaten up every crumb, the biggest bird alighted gently on Harold's shoulder and whistled softly. If ever you think we can do you a service, call us. We shall hear you wherever you are, for we are your birds. And ere he had recovered from his astonishment, they had all flown away and were out of sight. Harold then continued his journey until he too came to the big cave. Just then the giantess arrived. Harold, who was very tired, asked her if he might stay the night there. You may do so, if you will promise to do what I tell you in the morning, answered the giantess. This Harold agreed to, and he slept that night in the cave. Next morning, the giantess, who had slept in an inner cave, told him that he would have to clean out the cave and put down clean bedding for the oxen. But remember, if your work is not finished when I come home, I shall fling you skywards like I did your brothers. And she laughed, so that the ground rumbled as she lumbered away. Harold took up the prong standing in the corner and began his work but no sooner had he pushed the prong into the bedding and tried to lift it than it stuck fast to the ground. In vain he used all his strength. The prong remained firmly fixed. In his despair he called out, Oh dear, till, come and help me. No sooner had the words passed his lips Then he saw Treetel standing beside him, who asked him what he could do for him. Harold showed him the difficulty he was in. Then Treetel called out, Prick prong and shovel spade. And immediately the prong pricked up the bedding and the spade shoveled it away. Till in a very short time, the cave was all cleaned out and fresh straw put down. Harold thanked him warmly for his help, and Tril went away. When the giantess came home in the evening and saw that the work was done, she said to Harold, "O oh, Mern, Mern, you have not done this by yourself, but I will let it pass." and she retired into the inner cave. The next morning, the giantess told Harold that she had some fresh work for him to do. He was to carry her own bedding outside the cave, take out all the feathers, spread them out in the sun to air, and then put them back in again. But remember, if when I come back in the evening. There is a single feather missing. I shall toss you up as I did your brothers. And with these words, she went away. Harold carried out the great feather bed and the big pillows. And as the sun was shining warm and bright, and there was not a breath of wind, he ripped open the seams and spread out the feathers in the sun. No sooner had he done so than a strong wind arose, and in one moment all the feathers were whirled away, not a single one remaining. In despair, Harold called out, Dear Treetle, dear Letal, and all my dear birds, oh, come and help me if you can. And almost before the words had passed his lips, Tretel, Letel, and the whole flight of birds came bringing the feathers with them. And while Tretel and Letel helped Harold to fill the bed and the pillows and sew them up again, the birds flew round picking up all the stray feathers so that none were missing. But out of each pillow they took one feather and tying them together, told Harold that when the giantess missed them, he was to tickle her nose with the feathers. Thereupon, Tretel, Letal, and the birds all disappeared. When the giantess came home in the evening, she went up to her bed and threw herself down on it so heavily that the whole cave shook then she began carefully feeling all over the bed and when she came to the pillows she cried out aha man i have caught you there is a feather missing in each pillow now i shall throw you up to the heavens but as she took hold of him harold quickly pulled the two feathers out of his pocket and tickled her nose with them in an instant the giantess fell back on her bed as she let out a huge sneeze harold laughingly gave her back her feathers telling her he did not want to keep them Ah, man man said the giantess i know you did not do this alone but I will let it pass this time. The next morning, the giantess called Harold into the inner cave and told him he might choose the reward she had promised him and that then he might go where he liked. Then, said Harold, if I may have whatever I like, I choose first that which is above your bed in the chest, which is beside your bed, and lastly, that which is behind the wall of your bed. Ah, man, man, cried the giantess, you have not chosen these things by yourself, but I cannot refuse you. You are too strong for me, and you have conquered, and I must give you the reward you claim. So saying, She mounted some steps above her bed cut into the rock, and opening a secret door, she led forth a beautiful maiden. This was none other than the fair Princess Enid, who had disappeared so mysteriously some time ago. Take her back to her father, and he will reward you as you deserve, said the giantess, as she placed the princess's hand in that of Harold. She then opened the lid of the chest beside her bed. This was filled with gold, pearls, and precious stones. And then moving aside from the bed, she touched a secret spring. And the wall sliding back, they saw the blue sea. And anchored close to the cave lay a beautiful ship completely fitted out, her sails all set, and her pennant flying, and possessing the power of sailing wherever its owner wished, without aid of either captain or crew. When the giantess had handed him over these gifts, she told Harold that he would henceforth be one of the happiest and luckiest of men. Harold then carried the chest containing the gold and precious stones on board ship and then having arranged some soft cushions for the princess Enid in the stern of the vessel they quickly departed and reached her father's country. The delight of the king and queen on recovering their long-lost daughter can be more easily imagined than described. They never tired hearing of the wonderful adventures through which Harold had gone, and the king ordered a great feast in honor of the rescuer of his child, which ended with the wedding of Enid and Harold. The king then made Harold his prime minister, and so well and so wisely did he rule the country that on the king's death he was chosen to succeed him. And he And Queen Enid lived long and happily together, seeing their children and grandchildren growing up around them.